0: order, If you have not done so already, please silence uh, your cell phones for us. We'd appreciate it. Okay, we're going to begin this evening with uh, invocation by Pastor William Johnson from First United Methodist Church, followed by Boy Scout Troop 1475 for the Presentation of Colors and Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand.
1: Let us be in prayer. God, we are filled with thanksgiving when we look at the world that you have created. We are reminded that though we are people of many different origins and beliefs, we are all cut from one cloth. For you are the one who created this world, created us, sustains us by your spirit, strengthens us to do the will of uh, your purpose. We ask, O God, that tonight you would be present in this room, that you would uh, receive our thanks for our mayor and our city manager, for the staff, for the city council members, for servants who set aside personal ambitions and personal ideologies in order to serve the greater good of our city and of this land in which we live. We ask your blessing upon them, Lord, for clarity of mind, for generosity of heart and spirit, for uh, uh, focus into the work that best serves this community. And we pray, O God, for the safety of this community, for our first responders, peace officers, firemen and women. We pray, O God, that you would protect them in their work. And we pray for a spirit of peace to be upon orange as we begin a new year. We thank you for this land in which we live. We thank you for this city, which is such a blessing to the Southland. We ask that all this work tonight would be done to your pleasure and purpose. So we pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Okay,
0: troop 1475. <clears throat>
2: Color guard,
3: attention.
4: Sorry. (laughs) Color guard, advance.
0: Thank you, Boy Scout True 1475 and Cub Scout Pack 1475. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Reverend Johnson, for uh, coming as well. Okay, Um, could the city clerk please take the roll?
5: Council members, Dimitri? Present. Tabularis? Here. Gutierrez? Here. Mayor Slater? Here. A quorum is present with Mayor Pro Tem Barrios, Council Member Bilodeau, and Council Member Gillenham are excused.
0: So we're a little light tonight. We have two council members who are out uh, for work uh, commitments and one who is sick. So next we will have uh, a mor- memorial adjournment in honor of Thomas Bros and uh, is Colleen? Here is Colleen. Oh, say, say right there to say, you can stay seated until I because I have a lot to read about your husband. Thomas Anthony Brose, 1950 to 2023. It's a privilege to recognize Thomas Brose, a valued orange resident who recently passed away. Tom was born in Chicago, Illinois, as an only child. He attended Catholic primary and high schools where the impact of friendships made inspired friendships made inspired him to coordinate a reunion with his divine providence grade school classmates 50 years later he was admitted to the university of notre dame and majored in civil engineering and competed on the crew team he met a lovely undergraduate student colleen monahan and they were married tom went on to complete his master's degree in civil engineering at the university of illinois from grad school tom was Recruited by Bechtel Power Corporation and earned his structural engineer license, a rare certi- certification in the United States. He performed seismic analysis and design work in the US, Taiwan, Japan, and Spain. After 20 years with Bechtel, he worked for various companies in the LA Basin as a construction manager for churches, schools, and his favorite fire stations. Tom was active in his professional organizations and enjoyed mentoring young engineers. In 2019, Tom was honored by the American Society of Civil Engineers with their Lifetime Achievement Award. He was proud of his profession and felt blessed to have found his calling. When Tom's only son, Tim, was born, his journey as a father became a defining chapter in his life adventure. His commitment to shaping young lives extended beyond family as he dedicated himself to being a Boy Scout troop leader, imparting valuable lessons of leadership, camaraderie, and resilience. He became his son's soccer coach for 11 years, instilling in his son and others the virtues of teamwork and sportsmanship. Tom has been active in his community since moving to Orange in 1981. He served on the Orange County American Society of Civil Engineers the University of Notre Dame Orange County Club. He was a docent for Orange County Parks at the San Diego Oak Park Nature Center, a wildfire fire watcher and CERT volunteer. He was an Orange County tracker for the Irvine Ranch Conservancy and worked with them to identify over 10,000 animal photos for the Conservancy's database. He was one of the original Mayberry Ranch homeowners and spent many years working to help the community as an HOA board member and later president. <clears throat> it is with gratitude that the Orange City Council extends its sincere sympathies to Tom's family as it adjourns this meeting in reverence and tribute to Thomas Anthony Bros, a devoted father, beloved husband, devout Catholic, and dedicated community member, dated this 23rd day of January, 2024. <clears throat> and, um, Colleen, I'll come down and present this to you.
2: Just very briefly, I'd like to say thank you very much to the City of Orange for recognizing someone who did love it here. He grew up in Western Chicago, and this is his second hometown. And he, he used, as you said, all of his um, talents and resources to support the City of Orange. And he and I agree that the best gift we've given our son is that this is his hometown, too. So we really appreciate that you would acknowledge his efforts. And I'm sure there's many other citizens that are doing likewise. Thank you.
0: Very well. Thank you so much. Do we want to get a picture? Oh,
2: yeah. OK, oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, please.
4: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Okay, next uh, Orange Public Library Foundation presentation to the Orange Public Library, and uh, the Orange Public Library Foundation is here today to present a check to the library. And Executive <laughs> Director Lynn Marie Frediani is here, I believe. I like the big there she is, uh, with and uh, with Library Services Director Amy Harpster here also. Fantastic.
6: And we also have a number of our um, Orange Public Library Foundation board members in attendance, too, if they could please come up. Um, For those of you that don't know, thank you, Mayor Slater. City Council members, and that we appreciate that you have uh, you having us here. The Orange Public Found uh, blah blah, sorry, the Orange Public Library Foundation's mission is to raise funds to help to support the library in areas where tax dollars may not meet the needs. So it is with great honor that we're here to present money to the library um, for a couple different uses. One of them, um, every year when we have our main fundraiser. Um, throughout the year is our library legacy awards and celebration. We greatly appreciate those of you that came. We missed, I know some of you had intended to come and weren't able to for whatever reasons, but we greatly appreciate your support. Um, One of the things, we talk to the library director every year and say, what's one of the things that needs some help in areas when we do our raise the paddle? So this year we did the paddle raise for the adult literacy program. The adult literacy program is originally run off of a grant And where we partner up volunteers, teach them how to teach people to read, and they work with adults and teach them to read. Um, Over the past, it's been four
2: years? Oh, longer
6: than that. Has been longer than (laughs) that. Seven years. Um, there are over a hundred adults that they have a taught to read, and it's all um, through volunteers. And we do have—I mean—but there are expendables and consumables that we use, and as well as we have a um, literacy director and an assistant that run it too. So that was the area that they felt was the most important that they needed right now for us to raise funds for for that issue. So with that, at our legacy awards, they there was fifteen thousand two hundred and sixty dollars donated with their paddle raise. And the Women's Club of Orange it's very great because I see that there's a proclamation honoring them next, um, donated $100,000 towards adult literacy. So... Pardon? $1,000. Did I say 100 <laughs> I wish it was <laughs> It would be. That's a real oh. big check. <laughs> 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 you might have just given about that. Sorry, Women's Club. <laughs> $1,000. I did that at my last meeting, too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, $1,000. It was a incredible. Thing, yeah. Yes. Um, so part of this check is $16,260 that will go towards adult literacy. And then the library um, director also approached us right before his <clears throat> retirement, um, had spoken with Amy, and they had asked, Asked for money to help put in a new AV system at our El Medina branch. The El Medina branch community room has been completely redone. It looks beautiful now, but it didn't have an AV system available to use. Um, we had to roll out the old cart, and we would use it that way. So this money is paying for half of the AV system, and the friends of the library are donating the other half. So it was with great honor that we are presenting a check, and hopefully, I get the right amount. <laughs> of of $36,260 to the library. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I know the
0: council will want to come down and accept that. Pardon? I know the council will want to come down and accept that picture, but Amy, did you want to speak
2: first? Yes, thank you. Uh, Good evening, Mayor and City Council. I just want to thank uh, Lynn Marie and the Foundation for all their hard work throughout the year raising funds for us. Um, They not only do that, they are great partners and supporters as well to our friends of the library and our trustees. And they also present great programs, uh, including STEAM for Teens and Tweens, uh, our annual Summer Film Festival. Um, as well as uh, financial workshops series, So they do a lot, besides raising funds as well. Um, and I also do want to thank everyone who did attend their Legacy Awards in November um, and raised that over $16,000 for adult literacy. Um, that program, uh, as Lynn Marie said, is so important to us in our community. We've had um, over 100 uh, literacy tutors over the years give over 10,000 hours of service to help 100 learners uh, read and write better. And um, in the beginning, they could not uh, read a doctor's prescription. They could not fill out a job application. They could not help their children with homework. And they could not read a bedtime story to their grandchildren. So the things that we take for granted, they could not do. And now they can. And that has raised their quality of life. So um, if anyone watching or listening out there, if you need help reading or writing, please visit the library's website and uh, click on that adult literacy program webpage. Um, as well as if you'd like to be a literacy tutor or you would like to donate funds as well. And uh, I think that's it. But for the Women's Club, if you would like to raise another $99,000 for us, <laughs> we will take it. Right. So thank you. Thank
0: you, Amy. We'll come on down. <clears throat> Okay, lastly, uh Zanny Mansell from here from the woman. Good. Okay, I've got a little bit to say about you too. <clears throat> so last year, actually for many years, I've noticed that the, the rose gardens in the terraces at Hart Park have looked kind of sad. And um, you know, they weren't getting the care they needed, so I suggested the wom- women's club actually came to me and said, what can we do for the city? And I said, well, the roses at Hart Park are, are pretty sad. And they said, we would love to take care of the roses at Hart Park. So they jumped in, they fertilized them, they replaced the, the dead ones. And last summer, the roses at Hart Park looked the best I've ever seen. So I suggested uh, to the women's club, I said, how would you like to maintain the roses in the, in the plaza? and they said we would love to do that too. So not only are we going to get a upgraded, or I should say restored and refurbished fountain next month, but you're gonna see an amazing rose garden around the fountain this summer. It's gonna look spectacular. So that led me to uh, just say that, think and the council too, that we should do a proclamation honoring the Women's Club of Orange. So I'll read it here. Whereas the Women's Club of Orange was established on February 1st, 1915 to provide educational, recreational and cultural activities for its membership while raising funds to support organizations in the area. And whereas the Women's Club of Orange has served the community by financially supporting charities and philanthropies, including the Friendly Center, Casa Teresa, Orange Senior Center, Orange Public Library Foundation, Community Foundation of Orange, Ronald McDonald House, trees for City of Orange parks, and raise money by sponsoring special events, book and plant sales, and member donations. And whereas several Women's Club Orange members serve as trustees and volunteers on the Library Board of Trustees and president of Friends of the Orange Public Library and remain active in City of Orange Community Foundation and Library Foundation activities. And members continue to support Orange Unified School District schools and their students. And whereas since May of 23, Women's Club of Orange members have given back to their community by planting and maintaining rose gardens at Hart Park and Plaza Park in Old Town Orange. And whereas the hard work and dedication of the Women's Club of Orange has brought the historic roses at Hart Park back to life, restoring one of Orange's natural spaces for generations to come. And whereas nurturing and caring for the roses has brought joy and purpose to the lives of Women's Club of Orange members (laughs) and reminds the community to stop and smell the roses. (laughs) And whereas the Women's Club of Orange hosts a flower show every year to raise funds for local charities, encouraging people to gather and celebrate their shared love of plants and gardening. And whereas the Women's Club of Orange will continue in the coming years to improve the lives of others through their philanthropic endeavors and serve the City of Orange in volunteer capacities wherever needed in the community, Now, therefore, I Dan Slater, Mayor of the City of Orange, and the entire City Council do hereby commend and express our appreciation for the Women's Club of Orange for its tradition of promoting volunteerism and civic beauty and extend sincere thanks to all the members of their distinguished service. They had this 23rd day of January 2024 signed by myself and all of the City Council members and so, uh, Annie, if you'd like to come forward and, and receive this. Oh.
7: <laughs> thank you. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. It's so great so proud to our present our this, office office to this. Yeah. we enjoy it, and there's probably 20 people behind me that are working every week doing it and doing it amazing job.
8: Thank
0: you Let's so much. You. So don't go away because uh, that letter from Supervisor Don Wagner's office would also like to recognize mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That Thank back. you.
8: Thanks, Mayor. I'll stand up so oh, I ate properly. This really is an honor. Uh, Orange County Supervisor Don Wagner has admired much of what you all have done for this beautiful community, and you've beautified it even more. Much of what the mayor has already said are also in my whereases, but we just wanted to say thank you, and the one thing I added and you can tell where I came from, uh, was that uh, you also have a member that is very active in the Orange Chamber of Commerce and on the board. And we're really pleased to have her with us all the time. But I love your flowers. I love your lovely facility across the street and uh, supervisor wagner has been there a couple of times too and has mentioned how wonderful it is that they have this beautiful facility here but your rose garden right there is absolutely stunning so thank you very much on behalf of orange county supervisor don wagner for all you do for our community thank you we appreciate that and you're you're getting crowded can you do this <laughs> it's like the it was all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, hey. Look at your good friends. <laughs> <I'm sorry.
1: laughs> she's gonna take one in the back. <laughs> she has to bend down.
6: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's on <laughs> saying. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: With that, uh, we'll move on to item 1.5, closed session report. Our city attorney, Mike Vigliotti, I believe that's something you'd like to report out.
9: I do. Thank you, Mayor. So unanimous approval, approval was given by the city council for the city to participate in
0: an amicus brief to, to the United States Supreme Court in support of the appeal by the city of Grants Pass in the case Gloria Johnson v. City of Grants Pass, U.S. Court of Appeal for the Ninth Circuit, case number 20 dash 357252,
1: 2035881. That's all, Mayor, thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, we'll move on to item two, public comments. Got a couple of speakers. Members of the public may address the council on matters not listed on the agenda Mm -hmm. within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council, provided that no action may be taken on off-agenda items unless authorized by law. Public comments are limited to three minutes per speaker. We'll begin, uh, first speaker is Robert S. to be followed by Bill Masters. So Bill, if you could come up front to be ready to go.
9: Good evening. Council Member Gutierrez, I'm disappointed and frankly disgusted with some of your actions. I received a flyer with your support for the OESD recall. We have a long-standing tradition in this great body that we stay out of OESD politics, and OUSD stays out of city politics. You have crossed the line and solely the reputation of this council. You've added your name to a list of lies pushed by radicals. You have hindered some of our most disadvantaged and underprivileged kids from getting the education they need and deserve. The flyer states that Trustee Minor and Ledesma are willing to close Esplanade for OCCA, a non-OESD school. Esplanade has lost 40% of their student population and only meet 31% of their English language art standards and 15% of their math standards. OCCA sits literally next door and meet 80% of ELA standards and 72% of math standards. OCCA wanted to rent unused classrooms and put Esplanade students first on the priority list. The flyer also states that Minor and Ledesma are causing teachers and administrators uh, and staff to leave. They have a lower attrition rate than under the previous board. The ones that have left share the ideology that got OUSD into the mess they're in now. The flyer also states that Trustee Minor and Ledesma are discriminating against special education students. That's a lie. Trustee Minor was once one of those students. The flyer uh, states that Trustee Minor and Ledesma want to build a pool at VP rather <clears throat> than fix elementary schools in low-income areas. That's a lie. Pools, the pool is rated for 25 years and is now 15 year, 50 years old and is leaking like a sieve. The kids are literally cutting their feet on the pool deck. OUSD has $100 million worth of surplus property that can be and should be used for the classroom needs. And finally, Trustee, uh, the uh, article says that Trustee and modesma chose to send their kids to OUS, uh, not send their uh, kids to OUSD schools. Trustee Minor sent her kid to, sends her kids to OCA, which was once one of OUSD schools. In conclusion, You have disgraced this body, this city and damaged OUSD. You have hindered our most disadvantaged and underprivileged kids from getting the education they deserve. You should be ashamed of yourself and apologize to this council, Trustee Minor and Trustee Ledesma. In opposition to your support for the recall, I say to all of Orange and those within OUSD boundaries, vote no on the recall and vote out Anna Gutierrez. Thank you
0: thank you robert next is bill masters followed by carol walters carol if you could uh,
4: come up closer to thank you good evening mayor thank you city council thank you very much you're doing a great job uh we watch the media today we watch social media also and all the discrepancies as far as who's telling the truth you'll notice that a lot of people put opinion opinion i don't care about anybody's opinion i want to see the facts what's really going on All right, we just had a hit piece just happen, okay? City Council, what is your job? To uplift the city and to run it and to manage it, not to get involved with school board politics, okay? Uh, Right now, people are talking about the unions, the unions. The unions are not your friend, okay? They're not the police officers and they're not the fire department's friends. Talk to anybody that works for those agencies and they'll tell you, you're being misled. You've got to look at the facts. Don't look at listen to somebody, well, someone said this and somebody said that. I don't really care. Okay, I want to know what's going on. I wanna know the, the facts. Instagram, TikTok, I mean, it's it's nothing but garbage media. And and for you to do something like that, you cross the line. You cross the line politically. You do not do that in politics. You just don't do that. Uh, Right now, our, our governor, our, I'm sorry, our, our president, okay? Right now, national polls, 75% no confidence. You don't need that. We don't need that coming down into city council. We want your trust. We want to know that you, we can trust you and that you've got our backs. Some people do not have our backs. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, next, Carol Walters, followed by James Cushon.
10: Uh In the paper, our recycle and everything is going up. And up, I guess, on Park Acre, the horses, and it's costing more, get rid of their stuff. And one comment in the paper from a city council to see how they can maybe lower the money. And we also have low income family in Orange that some of them don't know if they're gonna get the medicine they need. And they should be looked at, too, to lower their money. And it's, you know, you have to look at everything. If you're going to lower one person money to help them out, you need to help other people, too. And I think is, and the other thing is the homeless people, do we have a place for them when it's raining? and cold, do we have a place for them to go to? Because we have a lot going down the riverbed and I know the homeless people, but they are a person and we have to look after them. And one thing I'm really happy about is I see more policemen out there pulling people over and that is great and they're doing a great job, thank you.
0: Thank you, Carol. James Kushan. Last speaker is Patty Cabada.
11: Wait till she gets those passed out. <clears throat> Good evening, Mayor, members of council, city staff, first responders, and my fellow orange residents and guests. Uh, why are we looking at James Brain? Uh, apologize, uh, don't want everybody to become a quick study of neuroscience. I'll go over it real quick. I'm here to talk uh, real quick about AB 734. Um, possibly one of the most poorly worded uh, pieces of legislation since the sense uh, since defund the police and possibly also one of the most quickly weaponized. Um, for those of you who can't see the pieces of paper that are in front of council, uh, my name is James Kushan. I am a former Division I college football player played on the 1990 national championship team at Georgia Tech. I've also been under the 14 years plus treatment uh, by a neurology team at the Amen Clinic here in Costa Mesa. I am 95% uh, positive for chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or more commonly known in the media as CTE. Uh, I could go to 99% uh, sure that I have it if I did a protein test. These scans, based on scans that have been, or based on uh, necropsies that have been done of people that have had scans prior to their death and had uh, perimortem or post-mortem uh, autopsies of their brain to confirm it. These <laughs> scans show that I'm about 95% to have CTE. Why am I talking about this? Because there is a piece of legislation in California to ban tackle football for people under the age of 12. I've talked to a number of people that have opinions about this and asked them if they know that in, the, uh, in USA hockey, Contact has been outlawed since, well, since I was a kid, in, uh, in uh, 12 and under. And I get a deer in headlights reaction from them. They had no clue that checking is a penalty in hockey. Oh, by the way, the service dog is because of uh, the, the uh, side effects and some of the conditions that have been caused by the issues that I have. Um, because of the brain damage, because of all the concussions. Um, Now, I don't necessarily think that it has to be banned. Why am I here talking about this in the city of Orange, in front of Orange City Council, when we have a governor who said he's going to veto the bill? I think that that probably is the right call. What I want to do is raise awareness before we send our youth out onto the field to make sure that we, as a city, have a have programs that are informing our parents to the absolute nth degree of what the dangers are and what's out there. Because at the end of the day, football was a ninth tail moment for me because it changed my stars. Because I went from eating from food banks and getting hand me down clothing as a kid to living an absolute dream here in our wonderful city of Orange. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you, Patty.
12: And Mr. Kushan, just for information, the bill was pulled. It's no longer being considered in any manner in the Capitol.
13: Hello, my name is Patricia Cabada, and I live here in Orange. I've lived here for several years. I like this city. It's a good city. I can't complain anything about it other than the garbage politics and the mudslinging that's happening right now. I was very disappointed when I went home and I saw this flyer. Orange Unified School District is an entity of its own aside from the City Council. So when I saw the Councilwoman attach her face and her name to a flyer that, for the recall, we are OUSD parents, teachers, and community members working to end the chaos, corruption, and culture wars in Orange Unified quoting Ms. Ana Gutierrez, as a parent, graduate, and resident of OUSD, as well as an educator, I support the OUSD recall effort and hope that you will too. We need true public servants who will put service over self and place all our children first. I humbly ask that you join me in the recall effort and vote yes on the recall on or before March 5th, 2024. Ana Gutierrez, Orange City Council, District 5. And there's a list of many things that this gentleman uh, before me said. This infuriates me because when I'm looking at this and if I had no idea what was going on, I would assume that the people that are on this flyer are horrible human beings. But I participate in a lot of um, county political stuff. I go to the Orange Unified School District meetings and this is horseshit. Uh, Excuse me, okay, I apologize to see this is a slap in the face as a resident here in this, in this beautiful city, because I really like living here, let me tell you. I raised my children here and they graduated from the city because I really like living here. But the fact that a person from city council is attaching her name to something that is entirely different from the city is frightening in a sense because it almost feels like the city of Orange is endorsing this. And I I get that also because when I went to the food fair, I saw that the recall people were placed right next to the mayor's booth. And sir, I went up to you and I asked you a few questions. So had I not known what was going on, I would have assumed that the mayor was also supporting this recall. So you see, there's a lot of political things happening in this city, and it's very unfortunate because it's going to make people not want to live in this city. I think that matters. People are becoming disgusted with the political mudslinging, and the two entities need to be separate. So, Miss Gutierrez, it is very unfortunate that you chose to put your face and your name onto a flyer that is spreading lies because I would think that you would want all of these things, especially when you're saying culture wars.
0: Okay, I'm, Patty, you're out of time. Thank you.
13: These are the kind of books that we are trying to get out of the school, and that's what you're supporting now.
0: Public comments have ended. Uh, we're moving on to item number three, consent calendar. I'll look to my colleagues to see if uh, anyone has anything they want to pull for discussion. Questions?
7: Yes, Mayor. I need to pull. Let me get the number. Item 3.2. Okay.
0: Anyone else? Not. We have a motion to approve the balance. Uh, moved by Council Member Dimitri. Seconded by Kathy Tavalaris. Please vote. That is approved unanimously, big number four. (laughs) Item 3.2, agreement with Verde Design Incorporated for architectural and engineering design services for El Medina Park ball field netting as part of the El Medina area renovation project and finding of CEQA exemption. Council Member Gutierrez.
7: Thank you, Mayor. I'm gonna pass this over to all of you. And then if Leslie's here, I wanna give her this too thank you oh and to did I give you enough for Mike? yes more all right all right so as I was reading this uh, report um, one of the things that struck me at first is um, the park and I brought this up to Bonnie years ago so the park was uh, not constructed in the early 70s and I just wanted that to get fixed um, It definitely and that's why i'm handing you this orange daily news that i pulled from our historical archives it actually was built in 1952 um, donated to the residents of al medina um, by james irvine at that time and so here's the article of them actually that day of, of inaugurating the park and when it was inaugurated that park was built with the current baseball field Um, with benches um, with the grandstanding um, a bathroom um, actually um, handball courts as well Um, so it has been in the community for quite some time so I just want that to be fixed but my question is as we are thinking about this this netting and also the um, demolition of the existing backstop and whatnot that That area there, I'm wondering, has that backstop been there since you can recall? I also added the deed when the city um, actually incorporated that side of El Medina. And so you see the deed there, it was in 1966 when um, they got the new deed. So do we know how long that, that backstop is? And this would also then speak to the bathrooms that we had to place doors on that were missing doors. But I was wondering how we could get the bathrooms in this plan to um, become ADA compliant because they definitely are not.
6: Good evening, council. Uh, at this time, I don't know how long the backstop has been there, but I can certainly look into that. And we can look into um, a project to make our bathrooms ADA compliant. Yes. Because,
7: you know, this clearly tells us that those, probably those bathrooms have been there since it was placed there in 52. And so when we took a walk through there, Mayor, you know, last year we saw how the doors were missing from the bathroom stalls. So these are actually nice looking bathrooms that if we fix them up and stick with its historical nature, it would be very beautiful, but they definitely are not ADA compliant. And so if we're gonna look at um, fixing the netting, which I see that we're gonna be using the cell tower uh, fees to p- uh, pay for this, I was wondering how we could also use the user fees. I know we use the user fees for the maintenance, but would that be able at all to pay for any of this netting and the removal of the existing backstop and then potentially fixing our our bathrooms that are back there as well?
6: The revenue that we receive from the user groups goes directly to the maintenance. um, So there's not any money left over for that. Um, however we are working on potentially applying for a grant through the MLB for this project so that could help offset some of these costs
7: okay yeah so I mean I definitely I, I need that netting and, and I just was wondering how long that backstop had been there um, but it made me think of the bathrooms and, it, and I really had to have you fix the date on that because that that park has been there since 52 so I definitely would like that to be changed and reflected as to how long that Park has been there, but definitely, if we could look into those bathrooms to bring them into compliance, and you know, and and probably if we could keep that historic nature, would be fantastic as well.
6: I will also add that we do have a CIP or capital improvement project on our books to do bathroom renovations, so mm-hmm. this is on the list as well in that project.
7: Thank you. That's all I wanted to bring, and I'll be happy to move this item back.
0: All right. Councilmember Gutierrez has moved the item. Councilmember Tavares has seconded it. Um, Any further discussion? If not, please vote. 4 to 0. I like that. Okay. That is the end of the uh, consent calendar. Next uh, is reports from Mayor Slater. The only thing I'll report is uh, for the council's benefit. um, I'm almost done with uh, figuring out who uh, the appointments will be for the Creek Commission. And so that will be on the agenda for uh, for the next meeting. And uh, also, uh, council member Dimitriu, has an announcement that's kind of exciting. Okay, um, thank you, Mayor. Actually, uh, two things, the,
12: the, I think the, the first one we need to do is remember that uh, Monica Espinoza, uh, she's spending her birthday with us today. So if we could all say happy birthday, Monica. Oh,
0: happy birthday.
12: Um, This morning, uh, myself, the mayor, uh, Councilmember um, Gillenhammer before he uh, left town, and Councilmember Bilodeau uh, attended the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, in reference to uh, a a departed friend of the City of Orange, which was Bill Steiner, uh, who served on our council, who served with the Orange Unified School District, um, and is also um, the key architect behind the Orangewood Children's Home. Uh, and uh, the Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a name change to a, a street, um, which was called Justice Way to uh, to Steiner Way, um, which will uh, cement his legacy in our city forever. Uh, it was something that, uh, that uh, actually just about a year ago, I actually called earlier today, it was just about a year it took, and uh, to find out how difficult it is to change a name of a street It's absolutely incredible. Um, But uh, I wanted to thank two people in particular because it's real easy to sit up on the dais and say, um, I want to do this uh, and then hope it gets done. But uh, from our city staff, Mr. Morgan, uh, Jack Morgan and our city manager's office uh, basically got everything uh, accomplished that I wanted to get done to honor Bill and then interacted with the county uh, and then between the both of us, um, we got our our board of supervisor member uh, Vince uh, Vince Sarmiento who carried the ball across the finish line this morning, and so Jack personally, thank you for getting this done. It's probably someone you've never even met, but I will tell you he was probably more important than anybody you can imagine than in the in this city's development, especially for protecting children. So thank you. And that's it, Mayor. So there will be a. Thank you. I I don't know when it is, but at some point in time, and we'll share, uh, hopefully uh, our PIO will put out an announcement, but uh, at some point we'll have new street signs and we'll have a real unveiling and actually hopefully, I don't know, pull a curtain off or whatever it is that you do for these things. (laughs) And then uh, after that, feel free to start running the red light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Council Member, and uh, again, happy birthday, Monica. Nice of you to join us for your birthday. Uh, do any other council members have any reports tonight? No? Yes, Spinks? sir. Yes.
5: Um, just two small things in uh, District 3. Uh, because of this council, the old nursery on Lincoln and Gliselle was taken down this week. Uh, it was a wonderful sight to see it demolished. Uh, blight. So thank you to the city manager uh, and to my colleagues for voting for that. Um, I know that parking at Olive Park is... Um, very difficult, so hopefully this will help alleviate some of that, especially for the, uh, the Pony League parents. Um, second, on Riverdale, between Orange Olive and uh, between Orange Olive and Gliselle, there was a brick wall that bordered Riverdale and uh, the Santa Ana River. And um, I always joked around that it was you could stand in front of it from a microphone and if you filmed yourself, it looks like you're in Iraq or Afghanistan or some war torn city. Um, it was just dilapidated and horrible, and so I want to thank again, um, Chris Cash and his team and Tom, uh, because, um, I don't, I've been on this council for three years. I've never gotten so much reaction from residents as I have that this brick wall came down. Um, it was like Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall, but, um, uh, I want to tell you the workers, if they saw the crazy lady clapping and walking down the street filming them, it was me. I was so excited <laughs> that that thing came down, um. But anyway, it's a beautiful view. If you're standing on Riverdale, you can see the riverbed, and you can see into Anaheim, and it's just a beautiful view. So thank you so much. These little things mean so much to residents. Thank you, Chris.
0: Thank you, Council Members. Good reports. All right, uh, moving on to item uh, 6. Does anyone have any AB1234 reports tonight? Okay. Item 7.1, Professional Services Agreement with City Thinkers Incorporated for Urban Design Services to develop a design concept for the West Catella Avenue area. Would any council members like a further report than the staff report on this? Seeing none, uh, we don't have any speakers. Uh, we have a motion to approve by Councilmember Member Tavalar, second by Council Member Gutierrez. Any further discussion? Seeing none, please vote. You got it easy.
6: <laughs> Good report.
0: Approved unanimously. Item 7.2 Affordable housing agreement between the City of Orange and Orange 702 LP. Would anyone like a staff report on this item? Uh, no public speakers. Any other questions or discussion? Councilmember Dimitri. Just a quick comment on on this item. Um, You know, one of
12: the things that uh, is always brought up is affordability in the city of Orange. And this is uh, another project that is being put into place through uh, what I think is going to be a great partnership um, that brings yet another series of affordable units um, available on the marketplace uh, for folks to, to live and work in our city. So, um, you know, we always get the naysayers out there that say, don't build affordable, brings the wrong crowd, and this, that, and the other. And then at the very same breath, we'll say, but our kids can't afford to live here. So it, it can't be one or the other. It, it has to, you know, we, we have to work in tandem. Um, this, this proposed project is on a site that uh, it works perfectly. It's got freeway access. It has transit uh, available. It really is a great reuse of an old, uh, old location, and um, I I personally, uh, wholeheartedly support this project. I think it's it's really a well thought project. And between this, the one on Struck, our project, uh, the the senior affordable project on Catella, um, we're doing a lot in this city, um, despite what you know some naysayers from the state of California think we're doing. so I'm very proud of our staff bringing forward and finding partnerships, and and my only my only ask is that uh, we continue to uh, work hard. And uh, I know you guys are, you know, overworked and underpaid. I get it, um, but the affordability component to find low and and uh, um, median income housing is very important to our community, and I think it's wonderful to see this project. So with that, uh, if, if it hasn't been moved yet, dang it. <laughs>
0: I'll just vote then. Uh, no, all right, good no, no, comments. No. No, all right, all right. <laughs> we have a motion from uh, Councilmember Gutierrez, a second by Councilmember Dimitriou. Any other comments or discussion? If not, please vote. That is approved unanimously. I have 7.3 consideration of city council resolutions memorializing the Orange City Council's position on forthcoming ballot measures, that's state ballot measures in March and November of 2024, and um, I believe that we will have a staff report on that from uh, Scott Sean. Sean, I'm sorry. That's my dad. Look, <laughs>
3: I know, but your dad and, and you look a little like Scott Steiner. I have look, to say. He does, <laughs> yeah, he does
1: actually.
3: <laughs> So, I was, so thank you, Mayor, members of the City Council. So tonight for your consideration are three position resolutions regarding upcoming ballot measures, including Proposition 1, which is on the March 5th, 2024 presidential primary ballot, as well as Assembly Constitutional Amendments 1 and 13, which are scheduled for the November 5th, 2024 elect, general election. Now, generally, there are two ways to place a measure on a ballot. One, the California legislature can place constitutional amendments, bond measures, and proposed changes to state law on the ballot. Second, California voters can place an initiative on the ballot by having a specified number of registered voters sign a petition with the number of signatures determined by initiative type. For example, it could be a statute proposal or a constitutional amendment. Now the three ballot measures that we're discussing tonight have been placed on the respective ballots by the California legislature. And given that the legislature has placed these measures on the ballot, to provide background and context, it is helpful to uh, quickly review one the 2023 legislative session, uh, what to expect in the 24 legislative session as we had in November 24, as well as what the proposed ballot measures specifically do. And so with that, I will hand it over to Sean McReynolds from Townsend Public Affairs to provide those summaries.
14: Well, good evening, uh, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, Sean McReynolds, and it's uh, great to be with you this evening. Uh, I'm going to keep my presentation brief and uh, allow you to have uh, some robust discussion on this item. But I just, uh, just to kind of get things started here, I wanted to give an, an overview of what 2023 looked like in terms of uh, the legislative session, uh, the first of uh, two years. Uh, in 2023 there you see uh, <clears throat> that the legislature adjourned on September 14th uh, with just over a thousand bills being sent to the governor for his approval or veto you see the the veto uh, rate there at about fifteen percent which is about in line with what the governor has done over the last several years um, but uh, we also have hundreds of bills that are now being considered uh, that were two-year bills um, as we make our way into 2024 I'm not gonna go into uh, the specifics of each of these, but I did just wanna highlight some of the major issue areas that the legislature and the governor were focused on this last year, uh, particularly with the state budget. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about, uh, more about what 2024 is going to look like. Um, it's it's gonna be bleak. Um, uh, so I, I think just looking back at 2023, um, we were anticipating uh, some major shortfalls Uh, and some uh, deferrals of multi-year investments proposed by the governor. Uh, But we ultimately got a budget that was ultimately passed on time, uh, so to speak. And then we had multiple trailer bills that authorized funding and policies based on the state's priorities after that deadline of July Mm -hmm. 1st. And so um, we're gonna continue to see that trend in 2024. um, And uh, we'll certainly keep you apprised as things move forward. Um, Certainly when it comes to revenue and taxation, um, the two measures that were really of the uh, primary focus of the legislature were ACA 1 and ACA 13, which I'll discuss in greater detail. Um, Specifically on housing and land use issues, um, SB 423 was signed into law, which, as you know, uh, was kind of the primary measure for extending the SB 35 Uh, ministerial and streamlined housing approval processes, which um, was Mm authored by Senator Wiener and ultimately signed uh, into law. SB 4 was another issue that uh, was debated um, as well, authored by Senator Wiener that would allow for those same types of streamlined approvals uh, to be applied to housing projects um, on uh, institutions such as churches and other religious institutions. Uh, behavioral health reform was the number one goal of the governor's uh, legislative package last year, uh, which again, I'm going to go into greater detail with, but um, you're seeing a continuation here of the governor's focus on uh, making changes to the way that the state conducts behavioral health care services and uh, really a continuation also of the care court um, proposal that we saw and was ultimately signed as, as part of last year's legislative uh, uh, proposals as well. Not a whole lot, I would say, with respect to fentanyl overdose prevention, with respect to the number of bills that were introduced, Uh, but we are expecting to see some more action on this um, as uh, uh, things progress into 2024, uh, particularly when it comes to some of the leadership changes that we're anticipating, um, and uh, some of the changes in some of the committee chairs as a result of the new speaker and the new uh, uh, Senate pro tem. Um, Certainly on the labor and employee relations side, we saw a couple of measures that increased um, the minimum wage uh, requirements for healthcare workers and fast food workers. Um, And particularly on governance and transparency, um, there was a a measure that uh, still uh, continued some of the COVID nineteen pandemic regulations and allowed for some flexibility in terms of your meeting uh, remotely when uh, medically necessary. So uh, we're going to continue to see some of these um, be put forth as uh, we look ahead to twenty twenty four. But before we do that, I just wanted to give a, a <clears throat> kind of a high level overview of the of the issues um, and the the resolutions that are before you. <clears throat> very at a very high level, um, ACA one, which was introduced and ultimately passed. Um, by the Legislature was introduced by Assemblymember Aguiar curry who chaired the Assembly Local Government Committee. Um, and this is actually her fifth time to try to get this measure passed by the Legislature, and, and ultimately uh, she was successful this, this round. Uh, it passed by two-thirds, and ultimately it is attempting to make it easier for local governments, specifically to be able to raise uh, bonds and special taxes that are dedicated specifically for affordable housing and public infrastructure projects. Uh, So again, that that passed and uh, will appear on the November 2024 uh, ballot for the voters' consideration. ACA 13, um, I think, requires a little bit more context before I go into the the nuts and bolts. Um, This is really a response to a separate measure that qualified for the uh, November 2024 ballot, and that is the Taxpayer Protection and Government Accountability Act, um, which is a measure that has been... um, Pushed and um, proposed by the California Business Roundtable and some other um, uh, sort of the anti-tax groups um, in an attempt essentially to make it more difficult uh, for the state and for local governments to raise taxes, um, particularly those general uh, or sort of general obligation taxes, as it's referring. Um, And essentially that measure is attempting to... um, uh, require a vote of the people anytime there is a proposed increase in taxes by the legislature as well as by a, any state, uh, excuse me, any local government agency. Uh, and so as a result of that proposal, uh, the legislature did uh, two things, actually. The first was to actually have that proposal be looked at by the state Supreme Court. Uh, so the Democratic leadership had requested that uh, the Supreme Court consider whether or not it is lawful for that um, measure to be uh, passed by the voters and uh, ultimately enacted. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case for that particular um, measure. And they will be uh, hearing that case, we're hearing more than likely in March or April, uh, with a final determination coming uh, sometime before June, which is when the Secretary of State would need to finalize everything for November uh, in order to get things ready to go. The second thing that they did was pass ACA 13, which essentially requires the Taxpayer Protection Act to also pass by the same measure at which it's requiring uh, tax measures to be passed. So it would require this uh, measure, this Taxpayer Protection Act, to be passed by the uh, voters of the state by two-thirds, uh, which essentially uh, is an attempt to kill that, that measure. And so. ACA 13 uh, will be uh, uh, on the November ballot as well. And I'm sorry for kind of going into the the background of that, but it was important to kind of cover all of that so you understand uh, the context. And then finally uh, on Prop 1, this is, uh, like I mentioned, the big focus of the governor for this last year, uh, which is really two separate measures combined into one. The first is SB 326. Uh, sponsored by Senator Eggman to essentially restructure the way that MHSa dollars are doled out to counties, and it sort of changes the way in which counties would be required to provide behavioral health care services um, specifically to low-income individuals uh, in that respective county. The other measure is AB 531, which is a bond measure that would allow for uh, infrastructure and residential care facilities to be able to um, essentially be approved by right using the 6.38 proposed um, billion dollar bond uh, in order to get that done. And it's important to note that the by right language was included as part of the negotiation towards the very end of, of the negotiation process. Uh, So the legislature passed that at the very end, and that would really require, um, uh, it would actually disallow the city from having a whole lot of oversight when it comes to those types of projects, if they use this this bond money. Uh, Again, both have been signed by the governor and uh, will appear on the March 2024 ballot as one uh, item. Um, Just before I go any further, I did wanna mention before I go into the 24, Um, state budget process, just uh, uh, again, a a reminder and a highlight of the great work um, I think that uh, the city had done to help secure $3 million um, that we uh, also pushed for through uh, Assemblymember Valencia and Senator Umberg for the Homeless Resource Center. I will share that the governor has proposed as part of his 2024 budget summary uh, the potential to claw back some of the unspent dollars that have gone out to uh, some local governments. Um, we're, uh, hearing from city staff that, um, the funds have been secured and a standard agreement is in place. And so that's, um, I think good news in terms of helping to secure those dollars, but we just want to make sure that you're aware of that discussion, uh, the assembly and the Senate. Uh, budget committees held hearings today and the on the assembly side. They committed to not doing that uh, Specifically some remarks from assembly member uh, Jesse Gabriel who's the new budget chair uh, So there's going to be some negotiations there We just want to make sure you're aware and that we're going to continue to fight and make sure that you retain uh, this funding that we help secure <clears throat> um, The legislature did reconvene on January 3rd. This is the second year of a two-year session As I mentioned, there's several hundred bills that would need to be uh, passed off of the uh, House of Origin. Um, uh, We have the House of Origin deadline that's coming up next week. Uh, So several hundred bills would have to pass out of their respective houses before they uh, move forward. Um, And the bill introduction deadline is February 16th. And we anticipate again, sort of the same uh, bill load that we saw last year. So we'll continue to keep you apprised of um, the updates there. We do have a new, a new speaker of the assembly, as well as a new uh, Senate pro tem. Uh, and so again, we're uh, anticipating more of the same in terms of I think some of the policy initiatives that we've seen, but um, maybe particularly with a new flair based on uh, the the uh, makeup of the legislature and uh, the upcoming election as well. Um, on the state budget side, I mentioned that uh, things are looking bleak. We uh, have, Uh, essentially received word from the governor that he's looking to dip into reserves, um, make deferrals and, um, cut costs uh, with respect to this next uh, budget cycle. And so uh, those negotiations have begun and we'll continue to keep you updated as those uh, continue and how that may impact uh, the city. Um, I kind of covered the statewide ballot initiatives, uh, but in addition to that, there are other bond measures that the legislature is considering, including a a climate bond, a housing bond, and an education bond, all of which would need to be passed uh, before June in order to qualify for the November ballot. And again, just finally, uh, these are some of the issue areas that uh, we're going to continue to see out of the legislature this year. Um, And uh, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm not gonna go into detail on all of these. Uh, we're gonna to continue to keep you updated. Uh, and I am happy to answer any questions you may have. And thank you for your time.
0: Thank you very much, Sean. Um, I know that council member uh, have, has brought these forward and uh, I'm sure you probably have some comments you'd like to make.
5: Thank you, Mayor, and, and thanks, Sean, um, for all that you and Townsend do. Um, I'm very happy that you guys are on board and watching out for us and other cities. I have a few questions. Um, and, and, and I think just for the general public so they understand, you know, the sausage is sometimes uh, very confusing for some people. Why are these uh, propositions being put on the ballot as opposed to just being passed in the state legislature and signed by the governor?
14: That's a good question, probably a question of tactics by the legislature. Um, Some of these would need to be uh, enacted through a state constitutional amendment, uh, hence the ACAs. So uh, the Mm -hmm. Assembly Constitutional Amendment, that's what that ACA stands for. So uh, there would be a a requirement for some of these provisions to go to uh, the voters as as part of the way that the Constitution is set up.
5: Thank you. Um, In Proposition 1, which is going to be in the March ballot, um, now I read that it's the state... There's, there's a zoning component in here. Can you please explain <clears throat> that they are proposing that the state have zoning authority over city? Can you please explain that?
14: Sure, yeah. So that's the reference to the by right language, which was included at the, the very last minute of the negotiations of this bill. And when they refer to by right that essentially means that um, if a project is proposed... And if it receives uh, the approved funds out of this bond, uh, mm-hmm. then as long as it meets certain state standards in terms of the um, types of pr- the, the type of project that it is, the components of it, <clears throat> then it would be considered uh, a buy right project. In other words, it, there would no be there would be no opportunity for the city to um, have any oversight in terms of the project. So, being,
5: uh, if being something done. is owned commercial or open space or anything, they could buy right. <laughs> Correct build correct in neighborhoods wherever correct okay so um i'm not in the um i'm not in favor of city council sort of uh, taking positions on some of these propositions except in extraordinary circumstances and i think proposition one is that extraordinary circumstance because it is more of the same of the state encroaching on um the rights of cities and when we say encroaching on the rights of cities that means your rights not our rights up here um that limits your ability to come here and speak in favor or opposition to any project um, in your neighborhood or in your city. And, and that is, has always been the right. And the reason they want it in the Constitution is they want it in the Constitution. So it's, it, it, that's it. Once it's in the Constitution, that's it. So I would like to, first of all, talk about Proposition 1, because um, the ballots are going to start going out after February 5th. Everybody watch out for your ballot and they're gonna be in your mailbox, it's time to vote. And I think we as a city council, when it's this extraordinary circumstance, when it's the state encroaching on the right of the city council, therefore the residents' right to either oppose or approve of a project in their neighborhood or in their city, I think it's incumbent upon us to um, take a no position on Proposition 1. So I would like to make a motion that that the city council uh, take a position of no on that for the March ballot are you talking about proposition one or ACA one proposition one first because it's the March ballot I was going to move over to the other two like. okay they're just yeah. the order we have on our agenda
0: we, oh I'm we sorry need, well, we need to vote on all three of them separately we so. can
5: the other two uh, which will be in the November election um, Sean this is really an encroachment on prop 13 um, they want to lower because you said at 55% what was it what was it before or what is it now two-thirds so it's hard to get to two-thirds so they want to make it easier to take away prop 13 and if you think people are moving out of california now you just wait till prop 13's gone and that is a direct threat to uh, especially orange which is a very bedroom city Uh, i i couldn't live here if i didn't have prop 13 i know many of you can't live here if you don't have prop 13 so this again is a threat to our residents and i think it's up to us to protect our residents from this and 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 at least um educate our residents that this is a threat on your property and i think we need to take a no position on ac1 and ac13 for that reason thank you
0: okay so let's uh you made a motion on uh, proposition one uh i know that Councilmember gutierrez has a um has a question or but uh and okay good that's what i was looking for a second from councilor to meet you so Councilmember gutierrez
7: well, I was hoping I could make my comment before we motioned and second, but my um, only question was, Mr. McReynolds, is what does the League of California City advising or what are they um, think about uh, Prop 1 for the March ballot and AC 1 and ACA 13?
14: Um, Cal Cities has taken uh, a an opposed okay. position. It's sort of a... Um, it's a nuanced position for prop one uh it's an, it's an opposition to the <clears throat> by right language um, but it is sort of a support and concept for the overall overarching um, goal of that particular measure uh, so that's for prop one and then for aca1 and aca13 uh the calcities has uh, uh taken a support position for both of those support
7: they're in support of it Okay, and then my only other question, Councillor Tabalars, is I definitely see uh, why we would want to tonight maybe move on the Prop 1, but I was thinking maybe should we wait for the rest of our colleagues uh, for the November ballot uh, so they can all vote when we're all here together? I don't know what you think about that. That was my only, my only comment that we could definitely do. I can see why we want to get it on. I, um, for the one that's on for march but if we just wait for everybody else to be here and we could since november is still off and we can take our position then and i would love for the rest of them be able to vote as well that was my only thought
0: Councilmember mayor you can go ahead and answer that i
5: don't mind please i i, I don't mind i think oh, that okay. <laughs> i don't mind if, if that's what the body wants to do um i think the sooner we get this out to voters the better um, people need to know, you know, these propositions when they end up in our mailbox, um, they're often skewed by the Secretary of State of what they mean by what the state wants. So I, I think it's, a, again, a incumbent upon us to educate our voters um, because when they come here to complain about something that's going to be in their neighborhood, we have to tell them to go to Sacramento.
0: All right. Let's uh, first address uh, Proposition 1. Uh, there's a motion to oppose Proposition one, um, motion made to uh, pass resolution 11525, opposing proposition one. Motion from Councilmember Tavalera, second from Councilmember Dimitri. Is there any other discussion on this? Yeah, Mayor, real quickly.
12: Okay, please. Uh, just a real uh, quick clarification for uh, Ms. Gutierrez, uh, or Councilwoman Gutierrez. Cal Cities, uh, the League of California Cities, when this is brought up in the discussion, while they take a support position, there are uh, a number of cities, uh, much like ours, because I know the vote, uh, oppose this. unfortunately, um, much like the state legislature, uh, many cities are uh, uh, politically uh, were uh, easy way is conservative thought is very much outweighed by liberal thought in the state of California, so Cal cities takes the their staff takes the direction of their member cities, and in this case. Member cities outvoted member cities, and that's why there's a position of support on some of these bills because uh, as pointed out, um, for lack of a better phrase they're they're pretty atrocious um, in um, most of the orange county cities that participated uh, were all opposed to this, uh, with the exception of I want to say two uh, so.
7: And thank you for that. I, I just think it's important that uh, the rest of us be here for the other two, I think. I, and that's the only reason I asked. Um, I just wanted to know what the position was. And I feel like, you know, I appreciate um, you bringing this forward, Council Member Tavalaris. I think there's still more to learn, but I, I hear it. I definitely understand it. And would just like the rest of our voting body to be here uh, for the other two. And that's my only reason. And so, I mean, that's only if you're amenable to it.
0: Um, if you're fine with that. so okay, let's, let's vote on Proposition 1. We have a motion and a second. Any other discussion on Proposition 1? If not, please vote. Yes is uh, no vote, yes. yes. That, that's approving naturally. So, Council uh, Member Tavalaris, uh it's up to you. Would you like to uh, have a full body here for that discussion, or do you want to move tonight?
5: I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine, uh, 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 what is the word, tabling, or continuing, or Continue what, <laughs> continuing uh, to, uh, I don't know when the next time we're going to have all seven of us here, Mr. Say Manager. We can pick an April meeting, after the March uh, primary, one of the April meetings. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much.
5: Okay. Thank you, Sean.
0: <clears throat> yes, thank you. Thank you, Jack. All right, item eight, reports from city manager. City manager, do you have any reports? No, sir. All right. Keeping the streak alive. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, we have one public hearing tonight, item 9.1, public hearing to consider an amendment to the 2024 consolidated plan to add a tenant-based rental assistance program and updates to the citizen participant participation plan. Would any one from the council like a staff report on this? Okay, seen none, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> this uh, is a public hearing, and um, I will now open the public hearing. Is there anyone from the public that would like to speak? Seen none, I will close the public hearing, bring it back to the council for discussion, and uh, Councilwoman Gutierrez.
7: Yes, I just had a brief question, Jessica. As I was reading through it, um, I was noticing that we, we post um, any changes or future meetings or whatnot at public counters, such as um, the Almady, um sorry, not the Almedina, this, um, the main library, um, where else did I read? Um, we always post it in the newspaper, but we post it here at our calendar here as well. And so I was just wondering, in order to reach those disadvantaged communities, could we start posting it at like the Almedina library as well? Is is that a public counter that it could go to? And maybe the Taft library? And where out in the west side could we post it as a public counter? That's the only reason I was asking. I was hoping we could get a bigger reach. And I don't know if that's possible. Yes, absolutely. I can look into that. That's all. That's all my comments. Thank you.
0: Very well. Any other discussion or questions of staff? Now we have a motion from Council Member Gutierrez and a second from Council Member Dimitru. Please vote. <clears throat> that is approved unanimously. So this meeting is now adjourned in memory of Thomas Bros. The next regular City Council meeting will be held on Tuesday, February 13th, 2024 at 6 p.m. in the Council Chamber. The closed session beginning at 5 p.m. if necessary, we are adjourned.